Hey, my name is Nadine and welcome to In Her Lens. This podcast is dedicated to centering underrepresented voices in film and television. And this is the third and final episode of a special on the podcast, In Conversation IFFR 2024. You see, I attended the film festival this year in Rotterdam and recorded on the ground. In part one, you met Madeleine Hunt Ehrlich, the director behind The Ballad of Suzanne Césaire. And in part two, you met Tamara Tatishvili, who is the head of the Hubert Balls Fund. In this episode, we are sitting down with Julia de Simone. She's the filmmaker behind the Brazilian-Portuguese film Praia Formosa, which premiered at this year's festival and received funding from the Hubert Balls Fund in 2014. Julia's third feature-length film, for the first time, shifts away from a straightforward documentary towards a more fictionalized form. It presents the story of Mwanza, a woman born in the Kingdom of Congo in the early 19th century and trafficked to Brazil. She awakens to find herself in the present, roaming the streets of Rio's rapidly changing port region. Olivia Pope, a fellow Media and Inclusion Scheme journalist this year, wrote in her review, open quote, De Simone's filmmaking approach imaginatively breaks the confines of time and space, aspects that colonial and imperial powers infamously sought to control. Boldly, she proclaims that the past and the present are intertwined, and places hold meaning and histories that we must never forget. Close quote. Okay, live from the IFFR 2024, it's Julia De Simone on In Her Lens. Thank you. Thank you so much for inviting me. It's a pleasure to be mm -hmm. here and to talk you, with you about the film. Yeah. Um, will you tell us a little bit about the film for the people who obviously have not seen it? Um, what is it called? Where was it shot? What is the storyline? Well, the film calls Praia Formosa, which means Formosa Beach. Mm -hmm. It's the name of an old uh, beach which doesn't exist anymore in mm -hmm. Brazil because it was... Uh, uh, covered by, mm -hmm. by the constructions. And it's a film about the colonial evidences in Rio de Janeiro today mm -hmm. through the story of two women uh, who go across time to mm -hmm. be together. So we follow uh, Muanza, mm -hmm. a woman from the kingdom of Congo who was uh, enslaved and trafficked to the colonial Brazil, mm -hmm. and she awakens in Rio de Janeiro today. Mixing of past and present while she's um, searching for her origins mm -hmm. in the city's territory. So I think it's a film about um, sisterhood, resistance, mm -hmm. community, and how is it possible to exist in a really gentrified and mm -hmm. modern city uh, transformed by so many urban urbanifications. What really excited me about the film when I first saw it um, was that past present and how we are all living in places um, where pasts are beneath something and that are not talked about, whether it's a cultural thing, like we don't talk about it, or whether it's a physical place that we don't talk about. I, we, I'd love to like, get to know you a little bit. Uh, I know that this, this is your first step into fiction, narrative fiction. Um, where did you study? What was? The, do you remember the first film that you ever saw? Is there like a movie that you're like, that really stuck with me, or that's a film that I was like, I want to work in the film industry. What? Where did film come from for you? 
Well, <laughs> I I was graduated in social communication. Mm -hmm. I have no interest about cinema at the beginning, but then I went to study docu creative documentary in mm -hmm. Barcelona in oh, yeah. Spain, mm -hmm. and there was when I realized that I really want to make films and to write my my own projects mm -hmm. and it was when I made my first short film my first documentary and since then I've been working in uh, with research and writing and and documentaries and Praia Formosa is my my first um, fiction film but it started as a documentary ah, okay and while the research uh, would come deeper. Mm -hmm. I understand that the story that we are looking for mm -hmm. uh, was not in the official history. So mm -hmm. we, could, we couldn't research about it, but mm -hmm. we should uh, invent it in some way mm -hmm. uh, based on everything that we research it and with that we talk it so it has a very documentary background that's why i think the film is a little yeah. bit hybrid or mm -hmm. yeah i think also in the subject matter of course there are things that we that are not written down that are not trackable in that sense so yes. yeah because at is... the end it's a story about uh erasing mm -hmm. historical erasing it was not possible to 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 find this kind of story that we yeah. were looking for in the official history mm -hmm. right and why do you think you chose this story where when when, do, when did it first meet you i start to shooting uh a very huge urban transformation that mm -hmm. was done well it started in 2012 and yeah 13. we see some of that in the opening uh, yes yeah, these yeah. images was mm -hmm. were shot in mm -hmm. 10 years ago and that's when they founded this mm -hmm. valongo wharf which was a little port where the the enslaved people from Africa came mm -hmm. into Brazil. And that's why that region is known as Little Africa, because until mm -hmm. today there is a very big presence of, of black people living there. Mm -hmm. This transformation or all this, this modern city that is they were trying to to construct is really intending to to erase this history it doesn't it doesn't matter to the future or to the progress mm -hmm. this pro this progress that is always pointing to the future and i think we are not prepared mm -hmm. uh, to deal with the slavery legacy that we still uh, experience nowadays. Uh, I have so much to say about that, but <laughs> don't want to jump too far ahead. Did the Hubert Balls Fund um, help fund this film? Uh, will you tell us a little bit about the application process for this fund? Yes. Well, uh, I was here in mm -hmm. IFFR in 2014 to present my first short about the port region mm -hmm. called The Harbor mm -hmm. in Tiger Short Competition. And just after that, uh, I realized that I would like to keep researching about the, mm -hmm. the, um, 
that content. And the Hubert Baus was the first fund for which I applied and we won it mm -hmm. in 2014. So oh, yeah. it wow. was It's exactly 10, 10, 10 years ago. ago. Yeah. Exactly. Wow. So it, it was the first fund mm -hmm. that we had. Of course, it opens open a lot of doors mm -hmm. uh, for other funds for the international co-production that we had with uh, Portugal mm -hmm. but I think that for me the most important thing to be supported by the Huber Baus at the very beginning was that it gave me so many confidence and courage mm -hmm. because it was a large a long, very long process. It mm -hmm. was 10 years of production yeah. between development, funding and production. Mm -hmm. uh, but since the beginning, I was confident because mm -hmm. I knew it that someone yeah. uh, was uh, believing in, mm -hmm. in and supporting us. Yeah. So I think it, it, it give, gave us so much energy to mm -hmm. keep going. And what did their support look like over the 10 years, just for people who don't know how something like uh, winning a fund like this looks like? Well, uh, we won the Huber Balls for uh, development and mm -hmm. scripting. And then we got this co-production with Portugal, Uma Pedra no Sapato, which is the, the production company from Lisbon. Then we got uh, in two... 2017 mm -hmm. or 18, uh, the Brazilian fund, mm -hmm. which which is the the most part of the budget, and I think the two last funds were the Road Cinema Fund from Berlin, yeah. from Berlin Ali, and some support from mm -hmm. the RTP, the Portuguese Television. What was the team building like? Who's involved with making the film, and what did that? How did that start to build? Uh, from you individually coming across that story to now, 10 years later, having a full film? Well, we, uh, the the script, well, I was working alone for a long time mm -hmm. <laughs> because as we didn't have money for, for so long, we couldn't uh, get other, other partners to mm -hmm. be with. And I was doing the, re the, the, the first part of the research mm -hmm. and writing the script with Aline Portugal. Mm -hmm. And she is my partner in, in our production company, mm -hmm. Mirada Films. Mm -hmm. uh, and then when we finally get the, the, the Brazilian fund, we could hide the, uh, the second person that came to make the research. Mm -hmm. She's from Rio, Milena Manfredini. And then we finally could have uh, the third script writer, which mm -hmm. is Mariana Luisa. So with this team, we could, could finally yeah. uh, have the final script mm -hmm. and understand what what really want to do. And then we start to to make casting mm -hmm. in Brazil and also in Portugal because cool. the man mm -hmm. the man actress is Lucilia Raimundo. Mm -hmm. She she's from Portugal. Portugal. She mm -hmm. lives in Lisbon. The actress, I mean, the main actress, but all the actors are very wonderful. Um, I want to talk a little bit about the visual language of the film. Um, there are some beautiful colors. There's like st uh, static versus handheld moments. Um, how did you explore kind of how to visually um, tell the story? Well, there are two very different parts in the film. In this decaying house, um, 
a woman living, an enslaved woman living. Um, and then she awakens in modern day. And then you see trams and cars. And yeah. So we, we had to, to think about and to be prepared for mm -hmm. these two situations. Mm -hmm. uh, first of all, everything was indoor, indoor, the, the, ru the house in ruin and how we could uh, uh, portray because it's, uh, I think that's together with the the visual language was the the mise en scene, mm -hmm. and I think in 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 this first part uh, we have a more theatrical. Yeah, it's very like also the shots are very set up and yes. uh, in balance and yeah. Yes. Yeah. And I think it has to do with uh, all this. <laughs> a really theatrical thing about the the royal court, the, the character that, uh, from the Portuguese mm -hmm. one, right? That she she is the one who enslaved mm -hmm. Mwanza, and she's uh, uh, even in the middle of that ruin. She's also trying to keep her position, her yeah. social position, and I think it's something very theatrical yeah and yeah. and i think the the photography and all the visual mm -hmm. construction follows that narrative this, yeah this. there's a lot of like nice moments um i think in the beginning but i also think later on in the film where there's uh, voices or things happening off screen and then you follow onza into whatever the action is there's like some repeating scenes in the beginning as well the whole story was based in this idea of spiral time which is the 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 the, the way look to time mm -hmm. in a spiral uh, no, um, no. it comes from the the bantu cosmogony mm -hmm. because muanza is a woman from congo mm -hmm. and and all most of enslaved people that came to Brazil uh, were Bantu people and they understand time as a spiral. What we tried to, to do was to write the script mm -hmm. in this spiral, always coming back to the same places, mm -hmm. but it's always different mm -hmm. because it's not a circle. Mm -hmm. You are at the same place, but in a different in a moment, different moment right. so uh, what mm -hmm. we were trying to do was to look at all those places the house or even the city mm -hmm. and uh, try to see all dif these different dimensions of time coexisting yeah. together i don't know inside the the, the mansion mm -hmm. uh, i think that muanza leave situations that are from the past mm -hmm. from the present and also mm. maybe from the future going through yeah. this these different dimensions at the same time the sound design is also really like this every step every foot on the floor you experience one moment that for me really stuck out was when she breaks out of the house and it's raining outside and there are voices that almost turn into like a drone-esque sound um, will you tell us a little bit about how you built a, a sonic soundscape, I guess? <laughs> yes, I, because I think that sound uh, with its immateriality, mm. it was the, the, the perfect element to make a bridge between these dimensions and these right, times. Right. So when we are inside the house, we could bring... Uh, the present outside to 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 indoor 
we, mm-hmm. she's in, in the modern city, mm-hmm. but we could bring the past through the sound, through the, sound yeah. the voices, yeah, the waves. And, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's really beautiful and something that really, uh, touched me. Um, it's on a, that kind of immaterially way. Yes, yeah, it's a connection, yeah. right? Because sound can can go through yeah. material and, and exactly, yeah. Um, it's obviously also a very heavy and tra- a traumatizing topic. Um, how did you work with your actors navigating this kind of, uh, yeah, the 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 subject matter and working on something that can be this painful? That is this painful. Well, I think we we have. We had very clear that uh, we didn't want to reenact the mm-hmm. violence, right? Because this is uh, this is enough. Yeah, yeah. We we already know mm-hmm. uh, how slavery was violent and mm-hmm. oppressor, and we were trying to to tell a story about resistance. Mm-hmm. So. We we were very aware of because we couldn't avoid violence mm. because she she's it it was there mm. in, in, mm-hmm. it, even if, if you it, don't see it yeah yes, yeah even only just because we have a white woman mm-hmm. uh, giving some orders to a black woman mm-hmm. it's already violent. Uh, but we we were trying to focus mm-hmm. in 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 the in the sisterhood in yeah. the community in how they are resisting mm-hmm. for so 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 long. One really important moment I think as well is um, the map in her hair in her cornrows. Um, I think also a very important subject that lots of people uh, don't know about. Will you tell us a little bit about, because that gets placed pretty early on into the film, then you meet like another young girl with the same uh, hair pattern and then moving on. Um, so tell me a little bit about the history of that and why it was included in the film. Well, it, it came from research. Uh, we don't know if it's really true. Uh, we know that there is some kind of legend mm-hmm. that uh, people, we know that enslaved people mm-hmm. uh, could hide something in the hair. Mm-hmm. And why not try to, because Oh yeah, let me explain it before people don't know. The escape route from the house uh, is braided into her uh, friend's hair. In, um, in her braids. Yeah, in yeah. her braids. I think it's talking about uh, how people could communicate themselves mm-hmm. uh, in different ways. All these little things or little gestures were a way to resistance or to, to relation mm-hmm. between them. So I think we were looking uh, for this web they constructed um, mm-hmm. under the the views of the the, um, yeah. the the I don't know the white people or the presser. Um, Wanza also starts off alone, and uh, she has you know these repetitive dreams of people visiting her, but then she leaves and um, she ends in this house with multiple. A women living there. Will you tell us a little bit about that journey of the character? Yes, well, that are the most documentary part mm-hmm. of the film because uh, the main character with her 
meet is Maincelina de Xangô, which mm -hmm. is a real character from the Port region. Uh, she was a Mãe de Santo in, in Candomblé, which is a, a religion that it's from Brazil, but mm -hmm. with roots from Africa religions. And she was really uh, working on on the archaeological research in in the beginning of the process, mm -hmm. and she was there to identify the objects that they were found in in, mm -hmm. in this this in, in this like excavation that yes, they uh, the yeah. excavation. Her story was totally transformed by. Uh, that excavation of mm -hmm. the Valongo's wharf. And we met her in the very beginning of the research. She was our consultant of, of script. Mm -hmm. And at the end, we understood that uh, she should, she she should play be the uh, uh, her in the film, mm -hmm. playing her own so, character. Yeah. So we bring her also everyone around her, mm -hmm. her, what we call her filhos de santo, which mm -hmm. are her sons and daughters from religion. They are the people that live with her in the, in the house at the end of the wow. film. Um, we don't have a ton of time left. <laughs> I have, you know, I, I wonder who do you hope sees this film? Would you, if you could choose somebody in the world to have to watch this film? Everyone. Everyone. <laughs> I don't know. I think mm -hmm. our work now is to try to make the film reach as many more, people as, as many, well. yes, yeah. that we can. Yeah. Expecting for the Brazilian festivals yeah. and then to release it in the commercial mm -hmm. cinema. What was it like watching it with an audience for the first time here? Very emotional. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was a very beautiful screening. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, the day before yesterday, mm -hmm. and they are all here. They all actresses and part of the crew, and it was a big party, and we were all very, very, very happy and excited. Yeah. I can only imagine after ten years as well, and getting the fun ten years ago, and then screening the world yes. premiere here. Yes. Um, yes. Congratulations! Thank it is a beautiful film. Much. Everyone yeah. should go watch it when you can. And uh, thank you for making it. Thank you. <laughs> I can't thank you enough, Julia, for finding the time to sit down during the busy festival, and thank you for your careful and significant work. I've linked Julia's available work in the episode notes as well as her social media. I can't wait to see how the film will continue to take form and confront as it graces more screens. Now that is the end of the IFFR 2024 series. Thank you very much to the festival and its press team specifically for making these conversations possible and for allowing Inner Lens to be present this year. We will continue on with season three of the podcast, Climate and Film, starting next Tuesday again on February 20th. Hit follow, subscribe to support this project and press the little bell if you'd like to get notified of any new drops. As always, your feedback and your thoughts are more than welcome. You can reach us inherlenspodcast at gmail.com or on Instagram at inherlenspodcast. Thank you for being here. I'll see you next time. Bye-bye. <laughs>